In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 44. Andrew and Jerry say goodbye to 2022. I'm Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. <laughs> and Jerry and I both uh, fresh off of uh, a number of uh, of broadcasting stints and, and, and doing more in the next few weeks. Um, and, and fresh off a conversation that we're going to get back into in a second. Uh, obviously, we're, we're doing these two shows. We're recording both episode 44 and episode 45 at the same time. Uh, the, the second half of this episode, we will release next week. I've actually already recorded the introduction to it. Um, we may record a second ending. I don't know, but we wanted to do a recap of what of the biggest stories of 2022. Do a look forward to 2023. That'll probably be in the second half uh, of this episode. Um, but we already started talking about this as we're recording this. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was just in in DC, uh, and that was probably, I would say, Jerry, the biggest story of 2022 is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, although I think uh, FBI, uh, FBI pressure, government pressure, pressure on social media uh, is a is a close second. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, there there are there are lots of listen. I got I got a, I got a whole list here of yeah. of, of big stories. Uh, uh, the social media issue and the FBI collusion involved in that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. You know, uh, inflation and recession is a massive story. Uh, what went on at the Supreme Court? Uh, well, and, and and of course the uh, tsunami that uh, never came uh, is a big uh, yeah. story. Yeah. So all of those things we're going to get into. In fact, I'll, I'll make sure make sure I, I remember to write down the midterms. I had that in my <laughs> mind as well. But because uh, uh, Zelensky was in town yesterday, and before we got on the air, I got to talking because one of my um, deep and abiding concerns, uh, and and the CNN latest CNN polling numbers are showing this, is that Republicans are very evenly divided. Uh, on the issue of continuing advice to Ukraine. I actually, Jerry, before we came on the air, I was contemplating a social media thread because that's the way a lot of us do things nowadays. I mean, I can write an op-ed, which I probably should do in any case. Um, But doing a social media thread about this issue of continuing support to Ukraine and starting with the fact that I admit that I am a Russia hawk and I've been a Russia hawk for, you know, for 35 years almost 40 years, um, and that I have deep and abiding concerns with the way Russia plays, and the way really any authoritarian regime plays, especially when that authoritarian regime invades its neighbor, um, But and then how the Russians have played in our politics. So I get troubled, and Jerry will say this, and he's going to say this, uh, I get troubled when I see a tweet from Donald Trump Jr. calling Zelensky a welfare queen that bothers me. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, I, I just don't, I don't take Donald Trump Jr. Seriously. And, and, you know, and to some of our conversations off mic, I think sometimes we give too much attention uh, to the troll. However, that being said, I agree with you. Um, it's healthy to have a, a, um, a suspicion 
for continued foreign aid and military aid and military potential intervention. That's part of the American character. Uh, However, uh, I wonder this, you know, besides uh, those who are causing uh, the public discourse, perhaps feeding disinformation or malinformation from the right impacting Republican uh, voters and, and Republican activists, I'm also concerned with how the Biden administration has mismanaged uh, the aid to Ukraine, as well as the sanctions on Russia. I think Joe Biden, his administration, uh, has not done this right. And, and again, and- uh, that that also, I mean, look, I'm in favor of giving full military aid, right. economic aid, uh, full cover uh, to, I, I, look, you and I had early conversations put his troops in, in Poland. So, I mean, I'm on record as being a hawk in this circumstance. The problem is, is that the Biden administration is not to be trusted. And that could feed into the Republican poll numbers. Well, and and the Republican, well, that's exactly it, right? This is sort right. of where it starts with, which is if, if Trump were in the White House and Trump were doing, handling this in the same way, and I don't think he would, I think he would, I think you're right, I think it would be more aggressive. Republicans would be applauding. Donald Trump Jr. would yes. be applauding. There would be no and Democrats would be saying and Democrats this is would be welfare. This. this is uh, foreign aid and, and welfare. So part of it, and and see, this is part of my concern here. And I got a lot of stuff going on in my head today as I talk about. Well, it. let me say this as 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 you're thinking this through. Well, no, I've thought it through, but go ahead. But this this is the problem with uh, the uh, the devolution of the American public discourse. How politics has become personal or we objectify and and our our opponent is pure evil everything therefore is evil so so therefore i'm against it yeah uh, it used a... to be not long ago andrew where where on these issues democrats republicans would come together and it seems here you you, you make a great point if there was a republican in the white house and we were moving forward with similar policies or or moving forward with policies giving aid and military aid to Ukraine, Democrats and progressives uh, would be skeptical and they might be opposed to and it. My, and, and we and, can't and, live this way. And, and right. And and let me, this is a perfect segue into one of my concerns about this, which gets into something else you and I have talked about, which is that this is exactly what the Russians want. Yes. The Russians want to stir us up against each other. And again, yes. right, they would feed into this issue of, Whoever is in power, that we're going to stir up the opposition to make sure that Americans are, are are very evenly divided on this. We're going to make sure that America is not unified on this subject. And they've been kicking and, our butt on this issue um, for, for seventy years. For seventy years, but I, I mean, but they've really been uh, uh, putting us to the ground and sticking our nose in it since two thousand sixteen. I would be saying the same thing, right? This is what gets me on this, Jerry. If it were Republicans in power and and Republicans were supporting this fight and the Democrats were opposing it, I would be saying the exact same thing. Democrats and because, hey, we know we Russians did this every time America was getting involved in conflicts overseas before World War II. I'm sorry, after World War II. So whether it was Korea or Vietnam or what have you afterwards, the Russians were always involved in stirring up the American left in terms of the anti-war sentiment. In fact, I would go back and say, let's not forget that it was the communist international, the common turn uh, that was out there, you know, pushing for America and got to not get involved in World War One. Now, it was the Germans who were working overtime to build allies 
among American isolationists to keep us out of World War II. But it's it's all of it's all of the same piece here. And and so there's a there's a, a real danger in that people are not recognizing that they are being snookered. So there's there's that there's that aspect of it that bothers me. And then there is the very real world part of it, which is I don't want us to get involved in a world war. I don't. I don't want there to be a World War III. Um, I don't want to put American troops on the ground in, in Ukraine unless it's an absolute necessity, right? But I know, Jerry, that the best way to ensure that we don't get into World War III is to make sure that Ukraine can defend itself and, and to make sure that Ukraine can push Russia out of its territory by giving them the weapons that they need. Sorry, look, go ahead. Look, we've had proxy wars against the Soviets that cost American lives. Right. Right. 58,000 in Vietnam, 53,000 in Korea. Right. And other hot spots, hot wars. Everyone says the Cold War was cold. It was not. Uh, It was a series of of hot battles around the globe that cost American lives. I tell you, when we got smart, uh, when we decided to fight Charlie Wilson's war. That's right. And and we armed. Uh, we armed the, the enemy of my enemy is my temporary friend. We armed the Afghans and we to, to bleed the Russians. And guess what? That bleeding of the Russians right. in uh, in Afghanistan helped the United States ultimately win the Cold War and saw the end of the Soviet Empire. So, again, for my friends on the right. This is exactly the type of war we want to wage, exactly where we are providing uh, cover. Uh, intelligence. Uh, we're providing military aid and economic aid and diplomatic aid uh, when we're going to the UN, when we're uh, when we're using American industrial might to provide uh, resources, uh, but we're not spilling American blood. That is the exactly problem correct. is again, the, the problem with this Ukraine Russian fight now, frankly, again, is the incompetence and the uh, and the distrust of the Biden administration. Joe Biden is the problem because he can't be trusted. Is he compromised? Uh, we, we've again. Why did the DOJ? I got not, not to conflate issues here, but why did the DOJ uh, want to uh, uh, say the Hunter uh, uh, Hunter laptop was uh, disinformation? And that's uh, listen, There's a lot here that needs to be un, 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 and that's part of the And that's part of the problem, right? Is that you know the same list that most Americans don't know the difference between Sunni and Shia Muslims, you know we the 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 Biden I'm sorry the Obama administration the Joe Biden vice presidency, the <clears throat> business dealings of Hunter Biden all of this stuff makes it much much more difficult to sort of get at the root of the issue, and to deal with what is actually happening at hand on the ground because then everything else devolves into who right. were the players and. In who were the players in 2014 when uh, when Russia first invaded Afghanistan? I'm sorry, when Russia first invaded Ukraine, uh, who were the players with Hunter Biden and Burisma? Um, all of those things, you know, no, it, 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 it comes down to, yeah. again, that there are so many distractions um, that are that that the American people um, through political manipulation uh, through digital capitalism, through the social media, we are constantly distracted. And therefore, uh, we we don't pay proper attention and there's not proper transparency. And again, to your earlier point about the poll numbers and Republicans in particular 
uh, their their support for Ukraine is waning. A lot of that has to do uh, with the fact that we are distracted uh, by social media, distracted uh, by a, a Biden administration that's not transparent. Again, just again, just well, nothing, and, and, uh, and hold on, Jerry, yeah, and, and time yeah. out. And the only other and the only Republicans who are really on the record and being vociferous and strong about this are Republicans that we have basically been told or the bank and file have been told that they can't trust. Right. I mean, you know, when you, when the other side of it is when you, when we've spent years saying, listen, Mitch McConnell has failed us in the Senate. When Mitch McConnell comes out and says, we need to support Ukraine. It's the most important issue. Right. You can understand why the rank and file activist conservative Republicans. And I, and I, and I, and and, and let me, but let me, uh, but let me, um, let me, uh, let me offer a side note there. That's very important uh, to the conversation that's coming, but also to this conversation. Um, and this is another example of how we're just distracted by social media and media trolls and those who care more about uh, controversy, those who care more about clicks than they do about substance. Here's the bottom line, right? McConnell, right? We're told by our our friends on the right that McConnell is establishment. We can't trust him. Never mind the fact that he held his ground on the Supreme Court. And the reason why we have a, a, con- a, a court now steeped in constitutionalism, steeped in originalism or or you know variations of originalism is because of Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell saved the Supreme Court, but yet we're told we can't trust him. Uh, and again, I'm no big fan of McConnell, but let me say this. This omnibus, it, it, it connects to, to Ukraine. Sure. This omnibus, the reason why we're going to get this, what the Wall Street Journal called the most terrible omnibus in history, uh, what Reason Magazine rightly said, why is this thing nearly 2 trillion, 4,100 pages with 2,000 additional pages of notes? Why? Why do we need this? I tell you why, because Republican backbenchers and conservative and, 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 and far rightist in the House have caused this. The same people who are complaining and trolling about Ukraine are the same people telling us that McCarthy shouldn't be speaker. And that's why we have five holdouts. And the reason why the omnibus is the way it is, is because Republicans in the Senate today don't trust that the House majority in January will hold it together to make a better deal. So, again, the same the the same the same I, I'm calling them trolls as a pejorative. I understand, I understand that, that they're, they're yeah. more serious than trolls. I get that. But I'm using it as a pejorative. These trolls who are impacting public opinion on Ukraine are the same trolls who ultimately it's their fault that we're right. getting this bad omnibus but Jerry, but because getting, yeah. getting back to what you said, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, the, the, the caveat that you threw in there, there are things that I don't like about McConnell and, and, and that's, I guess this is the, the crux of this is. But there, there are things I don't like about every politician. No, no, I understand. This There's is no point. perfect you're making, politician. You're making my, yeah. you're, this is making my point. The yeah. point is, and this is this is the problem part of the problem with popular democracy. Um and 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 part of the problem with politicians who are watching the polls. It's, it relates to what we just talked about in terms of the 24-hour news cycle. I right? spend a lot of time talking about stories which in in years past would never have been news stories because mm-hmm. no one would have cared about them. You talked about this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just said yeah. that. But I know. the point is, I'm, a, I'm you know, giving you an amen. All of a sudden, is becoming an expert on everything, and and you know we have these situations where 
these issues are only issues because we have to fill the time, right? You know, there, our, you know here yeah. to four, up until, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, let's think about this. Cast our memories back to, we're going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1985. Let's say that in 1985, the cold war was, was over. Um, Russia was an independent state. Ukraine was an independent state and, and Russia turned around and invaded Ukraine either to get Crimea or to get the Donbass or what have you. The would, reaction... never have ha- would never have happened, by the way. No, but no, I, no, but I but Jerry, do the thought experiment because Re- Reagan, uh, the, the Gorbachev or, or Yeltsin or whoever would have been in 85, Yeltsin wasn't until it, later. It but would regardless, been, it would, in, 80, in 85, it was, it was probably at that point where it was somewhere between Andropov and, yeah. and it was actually probably after it was Andropov was like 82, 83. So it was probably early Gorbachev. There was Chernyenko in there for a little bit. Anyway, go ahead. But no, no, actually, you missed my point. Yeah, my yeah. point is, if this had happened and Reagan had gone and opposed and started wanting to funnel weapons into Ukraine, the Democratic Congress would have opposed, but it would have been a much more, you wouldn't have had all of this backfighting amongst Republicans, among isolationists. You would have had some. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure the Democrats would have opposed. Well, okay. And that's an important point, right? It would have been a fringe amount of Democrats who would have done this. The 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 yes. uh, the the Dellums, right? Yes, uh, Ron Dellum. Holy cow! Yeah, that is a that's a pull. What a good reference, thank Ron, you, thank Ron you, Ron Dellum, Ron Dellum from New York. No, no, yeah, Ron Dellums from New. Who was the one in? Who was the one in California that? Uh, that oh, maybe Maxine, that was that was him. That was him. Ron Dellums was was California. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maxine Water followed her, but you know, or or one of the lefties from New York. The point is, the Daniel Patrick Moynihan's of the world. And frankly, the Ted Kennedys of the world, the Sam Nuns of the world, they would have said, listen, this is serious stuff. Um, this is very complicated. Uh, foreign policy ends, I mean, with with the very few exceptions, right? Because they went after Reagan for things like what was happening down in, in Central America. Yeah. But the point is, you would have had a much, much more serious discussion because America would not have gotten distracted by all of the frippery around it, right? We, you know, we're, we're, we're spending time talking about this. We're talking let about me, the honors. Let, let me let me offer some thirty thousand foot analysis here, that is that is I think very relevant and it's been a theme on the Jerry Rogers show now for about three weeks, and that is and you mentioned the year nineteen eighty five so I, I, let, let's I'm gonna go back to nineteen eighty five good nineteen eighty five there was a, a a professor named Neil Postman okay wrote a book called We're uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death sure. And in the book, he said two things. I mean, he said many things, but two main points. Number one, that politics would devolve into celebrity. Yes. Um, that uh, we wouldn't have statesmen, but we would have celebrity wannabes, TV stars. Uh, again, this is before no one could even think of Twitter and social media. Yeah. But think about today, and politics really is all about Twitter and social media and being celebrity on uh, AOC, Marjorie Taylor Greene, others. Uh, uh, I mean, Wes Moore is the right. Kardashian. We had the leading edge back then. We had Jerry Brown dating Linda Ronstadt. Right. And then the second thing he said was in the future that the idea of truth, the idea of um, of deci- uh, de- discipleship, of being serious about, uh, about religion or faith, that would go by the wayside and uh, people would define their own truth. People would define their own religion. They would they would create truth after themselves. Sure. Think about now, 2022, exactly where we are. I'll, I'm telling you this, and go back, Andrew, to Huxley's Brave New World. Yeah. 
what did he you know what was the point of that book written in 1936 that it was the um the 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 dictatorship of distraction the tyranny of distraction right. that sex entertainment and busyness uh would would uh, lead to uh, our liberties being stripped from us and fast forward 2022 Woody Allen sleeper Jerry right yeah. so the point is is that that's the world we're living in the reason why we don't have um bipartisanship on issues like Ukraine or bipartisanship on the in, on inflation or the border the border crisis sure. is because of the rise of social media and how social media has robbed the American people of their attention and therefore have robbed them of their ability, of our ability to self-govern. And the Russians know this and yes. the Russians are exploiting it yes. as they have been. The Russians yes. don't care who is in power in the United States so long as they can keep Americans divided and turned against each other. By the way, to answer your question, I was right. So it was so Andropov died in 84. Chernyenko was in from 84 to 85. Then he died. And then Gorbachev became uh, the leader of the Soviet Union in, in, in late 85. Right. There was a there was it was like one of these things. The Russians couldn't catch a break after Brezhnev died. Yeah. And there's a really great Tim Kazarinsky thing. Again, we're talking about SNL and, and when SNL was great. Tim Kazarinsky yep. did a whole thing yeah. about the New York Post headlines. And and the headline when Yuri Andropov died, it said Andropov dead, and and Tim Kazarinsky went through this whole thing about how disappointed he was, you know, with with because the Washington, the, I'm sorry, did I say the Washington Post, the New York Post, the New, New York, York Post. Post was always famous for its out, it's always famous for its yeah. outrageous headlines, headless bar and top, uh, no headless, headless body man and, and topless bar. bar. So yeah, he yeah. said, yeah, what yeah. about yeah. Buddy Yuri in a hoodie, or <laughs> or uh, Andropov? <laughs> or you know, it's a, it's a, it was a whole thing. It was a really great uh, weekend update thing. It, he was a, he was a good guy on on SNL, and but someone who, outside of you just mentioning him, I haven't heard him mentioned in anywhere. Wait, what? Oh, Tim Kazarinsky? Yeah, you know, we saw. <laughs> this is a Larry O'Connor moment here. We saw him on Broadway in a show called. Oh, good Lord. What was the name of the show? It was um, a really great. It was with Jim Parsons from uh, uh, the Big Bang Theory. It was essentially oh, about the name. What? Yeah, recently? this is uh, it's like three or four years ago. Um, it was uh, it was um, it was really I good. Know. I got to go. I, I, I'll look it up in a second. But it was a book. It, essentially, Jim Parsons played God and Tim Kazarinsky played like Gabriel. Anyway, you're right. I, he hasn't done I all that can't. much. I can't see him as Gabriel. Gabriel the angel would have been this magnificent, you know, warrior. Hold on, now I'm gonna. Yeah, that, I, that, that's nuts. That's bad casting. Jim Parsons, God, an act of God, an act of God. Yeah, that's that's what it was called. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute who. Uh, who so, it sounds like the whole thing is blasphemy. Oh, uh, probably like probably like the Book of Mormon. Mormon. It was good. We had fun. I couldn't tell you anything about it except the, except that we had we had fun with it. Um, it was only on Broadway for two months. Yep, well, there you Looking go. At the original Broadway database here, and you know what I played the other day, dear. Um, and it wasn't really on Broadway. It was at the theater at Studio Fifty Four. Um, Tim Kazarinsky played Gabriel. Yeah, that's, that's I was right. Silly. There that's you go. Silly. That's just silly, though. <laughs> well, 
Jerry, it's a Broadway show with Jim Parsons as God. I mean, what are you, what are you, what are you going to do? Jim Parsons, by the way, is the one who plays Sheldon on on the. Yeah, I know, game. I know who he is. Yeah. Listen, let's shift gears. So, so we got that, and and because you uh, you, you brought it up, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, you know, you want to talk about divided government, or do you want to talk about and and things that keep us divided? Do you want to talk about the J six committee and leftist violence? I mean, um, look, I mean, the the the, the J six committee. Uh, uh, it's, it's results, it's report. They found exactly what they wanted to find. And again, it's a damn shame that, uh, this Congress, again, we are in the age of distraction. And so therefore Congress, Nancy Pelosi could get away with a partisan committee, uh, that only released, uh, uh, partial information. Uh, it wasn't a full investigation. In fact, the house GOP, uh, the five, Republican members, Jim Jordan and four others who were uh, thrown off the J6 committee by Nancy Pelosi came out with their own report uh, this week. Right. And what's interesting is, is they focused on the security failures and they they put the blame for the you know, breach of the Capitol t- uh, right at the feet of, of Nancy Pelosi. And it's t- interesting t- to me that that hasn't been a bigger story. You know, it's funny. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read a quote from a tale of two cities in a second. And it really is a tale of two cities. And I'll tell you why. Um, I haven't, I haven't told the story. I haven't told the story. I don't think I've ever told the story on the air. Um, I was working my way into uh, doing more punditry on Fox uh, back in about 2011. You may know that. I know you know the story, Jerry. You've probably forgotten it. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was kind of a utility player. I would get a phone call from a Fox producer. Hey, can you come on and talk about X, Y, and Z, which is frequently what happens. You, the way it works is you, you're called in to do a, a, you're called in on something, you're pitched on something, and then you get on the carousel. And when your name comes back around, you know, it's very easy for a producer to pick up the phone and call you about something. Um, so I got a call from a Fox producer, Fox News Channel producer. And it was that story. Remember, there was that story at National Airport where the air traffic controller fell asleep in the tower. I, I don't remember, but sure. Go All ahead. right. So an air traffic controller fell asleep in the tower one night and and um, and a plane was landing and they couldn't raise the tower and they wound up landing anyway. It was a, it was a, it was a dangerous thing to do. And um, and. The Fox News producer wanted me to come on and use the story as an excuse to beat up on air traffic controllers unions and beat up on organized labor generally, right? That was the narrative that they wanted to push. Right. And I said, well, you know, that's interesting. I suppose I could do that. But how about the fact that the control tower at Reagan National Airport was down and no one thought to send a a, a policeman up there or somebody from security up there to wake the guy up. I mean, this was a massive national security breach that happened. Sure. And no one's talking about this. And he said, you know, God damn, if you're not right, pardon my French, um, you should come on and talk about that. And, and I guess that my point in raising this is that this is the dichotomy. It's very easy to blame January 6th. And I want to mention something in a second about that to blame January 6th on Trump and extremism and call it an insurrection and do all of this, it's something else entirely to go down and look at the failures of security and the failures of leadership and security on Capitol Hill itself. Right. And, we, and, and, and not only just the failures, the omissions, 
but also the commissions. Uh, uh, Security uh, did things that were were wrong. Look, there was a group outside the Capitol, way off from any kind of breaching the Capitol, uh, uh, quietly praying, and they were tear gassed. Yeah. I mean, again, but, you know, I haven't read the... And and by the way, have you seen the list of weapons that were recovered, Jerry? You'll note... You'll note that there is no reference to anybody on that list having an M16 or an AR15. No, but and again, the first words out of the chairman of the J6 committee, uh what's his name again? Um oh um um uh, uh what's his name? Um, he's an election denier himself who refused yeah, the, to recognize the, yeah, yeah, the results yeah, yeah. of, of the 2000s. Well again, just I, I, as you look it up, the the 2000 uh, the chairman of the J6 committee, oh, Benny the Thompson. Democrat, of course, it was Benny, Benny Thompson. Thompson. Benny Thompson uh, denied uh, that uh, Donald Trump was the legitimate president uh, elected in 2016. Yet he's the chairman of a committee uh, that is looking into denying an election. And but my point is this: the first words out of his mouth, the first words when he introduced the report were an armed mob to the Capitol. Right. That's a lie. Right. So why should we believe anything after those words? Why should we believe anything the the committee presents when in in introducing it they 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 frame it in a lie? Yes. Uh, an armed mob. What do you think of an armed mob? You think of knives, pitchforks, guns, machetes, uh uh sticks, uh bats. And there was none of that. I'm picturing. I'm, I'm picturing anybody in Escape from New York in 1979 or right. But the, but, the, but the point is, it wasn't a mobbed, an armed mob. Right. And, and and here's the bottom line: you make a brilliant point that hasn't that no one's made, and yeah. that is, uh, if the if 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 the proper security measures uh, had uh, had held, it never happens. Right. It's almost as if Nancy Pelosi, who, by the way, had a film crew there. Uh, how did that happen? How how was it that on January 6th, there was a film crew there uh, recording uh, for a, uh, a documentary on Nancy Pelosi? It's almost as if uh, this is a con job, that the Democrats lowered security measured measures, allowed for security breaches because they wanted a narrative. And again, don't say that's outlandish. Don't say that's conspiracy because the Republic, I'm sorry, the Democrats, the media, the left, the progressives, Hollywood, you name it, they rely upon narrative. That's how they govern us. Again, back to my original premise. We are distracted. We uh, uh, social media, uh, uh, these devices uh, uh, have our attention. We're not we're not paying proper attention. And, and, and so therefore we are ruled by false narratives or half truth narratives. And don't tell me it's not possible that these security breaches were purposeful. Well, and to pull it back, right, to, to toss another issue in here. Right. We shut down oil and gas leasing. We make we 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 put out there that we are going to make sure that uh, we no longer have drilling on public lands. Uh, we create regulations and guidance documents for an ESG 
policy that uh, that discourages, actively discourages or pre- or prevents e- ESG uh, ESG investing. By the way, is social, sustainable, climate change friendly, green yes. friendly investing. Sorry, I make the assumption yeah. that our listeners know this, but you're absolutely correct. It's essentially yeah. a way of substituting. I, mean, I can go down this rabbit hole. Um, you, actually, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole for a second. Years ago, when Martin O'Malley was governor of Maryland, Maryland was doing badly by every objective metric in terms of its economy. It was just stifled and stymied. So he created what he called the general progress indicator. Instead of instead of gross state product, it was a, a bunch of subjective metrics by which the state's social health was going to be measured. Um, ESG is the same thing. It creates a bunch of a bunch of subjective measurements to promote an agenda at the behest of, uh, or at the expense of, I should say, um, legitimate investing so that sure. investments achieve a profit. Which, the, which is, the bottom line is it puts your your retirement uh, future, uh, your kids' education future in jeopardy. But, but there's that aspect of it. But my point is, it also means that the folks who are doing the the petroleum prospecting around the country sure. uh, cannot get financing for their right. efforts. And if you can't get financing for your uh, exploration drilling, then there okay. is not dr- then drilling right. can't occur. You 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 don't. But it goes to again. It goes. But to hold on, Jerry. Hold on. Let me finish my point. My point <clears throat> is, you would create all of these problems to drive up the price of gasoline, in addition to everything else they're doing in terms of inflation. And then when you when you artificially uh, flood the market with gas that you're going to have to repay down the road by dangerously drawing down the strategic petroleum reserve. You then question why you're not getting greater credit for bringing down the price of gas, or you try to distract people through the price of bringing down gas. Go ahead, Jerry. No, and I, I, I want to quote Dickens in a second. I think we need to drive home this point because we're not going to see. I lament with you all the time that we haven't won, conservatives haven't won a policy war battle, sustained battle. In, in two generations, maybe three generations. Yeah. So we're 40, 60 years. Um, and the reason for it, I, I've, I, I've been searching and thinking and, and researching and reading, why is this the case? And I've, I've come to a uh, epiphany this past month. It's because of this tyranny of distraction, because it's what Brave New World, what uh, its premise that we are so distracted by sex, entertainment, and busyness, or it's what uh, Neil Postman from uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death said, that celebrity and relativism uh, and busyness and distraction will be the rule of the day. We are so distracted by social media, by entertainment, by sex, by pornography, by, uh, uh, by, by, by everything. Let me tell a quick story. Please. All right, so I told this on the air yesterday, but I'm telling it real quick right now. So I for, forgive listeners who heard this already. But uh, 19 uh, mid 1950s, uh, the Montgomery boys, uh, Mo- Montgomery uh, bus boycott, Rosa Parks. Um, folks are surprised to hear that that bus boycott went on for 380 plus days. It was yeah. a long boycott. And ultimately, the bus companies and the local government never, never saw the light, never saw the truth. It was a, it was a court. Uh, the court intervened there, uh, and that's how it was finally resolved. But during the middle of this, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
was under death threats and his family was threatened uh, and, uh, you know, violence, death. And they were losing. They were losing the boycott battle. And they were losing on many fronts in the 1950s, you know, civil rights movement. Uh, we didn't know if it would if, if it would succeed or not, uh, mostly because of of rogue law enforcement and because of institutional racism and because of Jim Crow and all the rest of it. So anyway, he wakes up one morning. I'm sorry. He wakes up in the middle of the night, yeah. can't sleep. And he goes into his kitchen He and he makes himself a cup of coffee. It's, it's Dr. King. And he says, he prays. Later on, he wrote this story in a sermon. That's why we know it. And he says in his sermon that back in, in, in you know 1956, whatever date it was, he, he wanted to give up. He told God, he said, he said I'm done. I'm tired. Yeah. I can't do this. I'm going to give up. I'm done. And he said he heard uh, 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 a small, quiet voice within him say, no, don't give up. Stand for righteousness, stand for justice, stand for peace, and I will stand with you. I will with you. And so that that gave him the courage to move forward. And of course, we know the history. My point is this. What if Dr. King, instead of having that quiet cup of coffee, put his TV set on? Sure. To see another fake news story, or what if he picked up his his phone right. and got another threat text? My point is, we don't have these quiet moments, uh, 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 literally and figuratively, uh, where we can make big decisions. Sure, that's the problem with our politics. That's the problem with our public discourse. We don't. We're so distracted, and that's what the left depends on: our distraction. Well, and they can because they can attack you know, Western culture on a whole host of fronts, right? And then you've got the media, right? It's the two cycle, which is the media has its 24 second news cycle. But on the other hand, they're also demanding immediate reaction from leaders, no, no ability to contemplate. And if they're wrong about their immediate reaction, they're held to it and they're never allowed to readdress it down the road. Sure. They have to double down on it. Um, in very rare cases, are they forgiven? Uh, I want to I want to read this, Jerry. I I'm I was reminded of this. You know, it's it goes along with the adage that never before, never before in the history of 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 the entire span of of mankind, right, have we had access to every piece of information we'd ever want to have at a at a second's notice, right? We have we you know our, our, my phone's over here acting as a clock, so but Jerry, hold up your phone. So Jerry has his phone, right? And on that, he can access the entire span of human knowledge Yep. in an instant. And yet never have we been dumber as a collective society. And so I'm reminded of this quote from Dickens in, in, in A Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. So with That's from awesome. uh, all of us to all of you, Jerry, we wish you a Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. Jerry, happy what Christmas. You... Happy Christmas and Merry New Year. And Merry New Year. Merry, Merry, Merry <laughs> Crimble, as John Lennon would say. Jerry, what do you want people to do? Oh, find the truth. Plant your feet, stand firm. God bless you all.
Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. And uh, uh, please stay safe. And Jerry and I will see you in 2023.